What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Very Cold Lasagna Podcast, the podcast that houses a safe and open listening platform for all you casual fans to have casual, cold, and even the dumbest takes on the world of WWE, AEW, and the NFL, as well as the wide world of wrestling and sports in general. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna. Welcome to today's show. Welcome to episode number 20. And I got to be honest with you guys. When we talked about Monday Night Raw last week on last week's show, on last Saturday's show, what have you, it, I still feel that it still is the second worst show in wrestling today. Obviously, the worst one is TNA because, well, who cares about TNA nowadays other than the hardcore wrestling fan that watches literally every single wrestling show? Then we get SmackDown. And honestly, I don't know what the hell they're doing, man. I really don't know what they're doing at SmackDown as of late. I guess they really don't have anyone for Roman Reigns anymore. And that's pretty sad. You know, I'm a big advocate for the brand split because I'm a big advocate for everyone getting opportunities. But I'm at the point where I I guess it really is the time to end the brand split again. It, It sucks. It really does suck. Because if there's any indication where Rowan Reigns does not have any any challengers left for the Universal Championship, it was this past Friday on SmackDown. Cesaro ain't it. He's a good wrestler, like a good athlete and all that. He trust me, I like Cesaro as a wrestler, as an athlete, but as a character, as a promo, as a personality, he doesn't have it. He he severely la- he's severely lacking in that department. And then we had Daniel Bryan coming back after one week of selling that concerto to Edge at WrestleMania, and he didn't do much to help the show. He was actually in like three segments, so he is essentially being overexposed as usual. But I guess you can say that again. I don't hate Daniel Bryan the person, but his whole on-screen character but as of now it sucks but i don't know if you could call it a positive a negative and all that but i don't know i guess some people could take into solace that there's a possibility that daniel bryan could be going to raw or maybe i don't know it's possible whatever's happening with daniel bryan and wwe there's this universal championship match happening again between roman reigns and daniel bryan on smackdown this week while the NFL draft is coming up. And if Daniel Bryan loses, he can't show his face on SmackDown. He's no longer allowed to be on SmackDown anymore. So I guess that's somewhat interesting. And I may check it out only to see Roman Reigns win. But at the end of the day, I just don't know what they're doing. Again, Seth Rollins too. It's just like, what are they doing with him? Whatever. And... They're doing really doing a disservice to Roman Reigns. Like, everything after the whole Roman reigns Jay Uso storyline, when Roman Reigns came back, it just went to shit. It really just went to shit. And then, right before SmackDown aired, they announced Bianca Belair versus Bayley at Backlash for the women's title. Like, wouldn't you think that they would... Do like a number one contenders match first for Bailey, but 
I guess that's really literally how you get a title match nowadays. Sasha Banks literally walking off out of her interview from last week's show, and then Bailey just comes in, swoops in, and gets a title match. The writing on the wall is weird. It, it really SmackDown has really become Monday Night Raw. It just it just sucks. It really really does suck overall. And I honestly I honestly don't again like I said on Instagram on the very cold design Instagram and on the last week's show I honestly don't feel any pity toward anyone that writes these reviews or does these like live post shows because you're just putting yourself through misery you're honestly putting your you're choosing to put yourself through misery at this point and i don't know what to tell you other than to speak with your remote not your phones if i know there's always that saying of if you don't like it don't watch it but yet people still choose to watch it for whatever reason it is the WWE product honestly sucks wrestling as a whole sucks but WWE as a whole it's terrible aw is no better either but i mean it's just all flips and kicks so it's an even major turnoff but overall wrestling as a whole is bad but w is just like borderline this is like the flagship company and it's just gone beyond bad from these mass releases to putting on the overall terrible product and now apparently they're in the works with Crunchyroll developing an anime like really we've got we're now in the days of making weeboo content like goddamn but I don't know I just got to get that WWE stuff out of the way like I don't want to integrate too much of what we're going to talk about today because we got a good we got a much better show to look forward to than what we did last week with the WWE crap, the WWE Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, bullshit, the poop fest, as I like to call it, because this week, this coming week, that's coming up, and it's coming up real soon, it's the NFL Draft, baby. That's what we're going to be talking about on today's show. This filthy casual, this average NFL fan is going to get you prepared. It's going to get you previewed one more time. Actually, the only time I actually got you prepared for the NFL draft. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the first round because there are seven rounds, but are we really going to talk about all seven rounds here? (laughs) But we're going to be talking about all 32 teams, what their biggest needs are. If I have any specific players who, any specific picks, then I will address them for. any of these teams but we're gonna be talking about the nfl draft because that thing is much more important than anything wwe has to offer right now and that is personally my wrestlemania that is my wrestlemania right there it could be my royal rumble too because since considering it's marching towards the future of the nfl and it's like the stepping stone towards the nfl regular season but in my opinion this is where WrestleMania truly begins for me, the NFL Draft. So strap in, get your lasagnas ready. Hopefully they're very cold. If they're warmed up in the microwave, then fine. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really mind either. 
But before we talk about the NFL draft, we got to plug the show as always. So make sure if you're watching me on YouTube, subscribe, turn on that notification bell so you'll be notified of each and every episode that comes out on the channel, as along with the exclusive YouTube rants, clips, etc., etc. And if you happen to listen to me on the audio side of things, which you should, listen to me on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna for some crazy things. Some or some promotional stuff that I put on those pages. April 29th is almost here. And I'm honest to God, I'm finally excited because we get to talk about this. Bam! The 2021 NFL Draft. Before we could talk about all 32 teams and the first round about the NFL Draft, we need to talk about some background info, some keynotes about this NFL Draft. So it's going to be in Cleveland, home of the Cleveland Browns, and a bunch of other uh, sports teams that I don't know if you care about them or I care about them. It's up to you, honestly. There are going to be fans in attendance. It's going to be limited because we are still in the pandemic. And there are going to be prospects. Some of them are going to be there, like Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be there, but there are going to be select college players, select college prospects that are going to be there. Um, I don't know if they were going to be there via invitee invitations, but if they were given invitations, they had the option to attend the draft in person, but if they declined it, then they will attend it at home. Roger Goodell is fully vaccinated, so he'll be doing his traditional hugs, I guess, but whatever. I don't, (laughs) I guess that's a thing. And some key things to keep in mind for your team, whether they are drafting in the first round or not, because there are teams that either don't have a first round pick or teams that have two first round picks there are three teams in this draft actually no as of right now most recently there are four teams in this first round that do not have a first round pick the seattle seahawks the los angeles rams the houston texans and just as of as of right now as of this podcast as I'm making this, the Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs, they literally just traded away their first round pick to the Baltimore Ravens. And I will get to that. I will explain how that happened when we reach that point of this podcast, like what, what, how, what happened, how did the trade go down and all that. We will get there. But for now, speaking of the Baltimore Ravens, they just became the fourth team to have multiple first-round picks alongside the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. So we will mention like all those details much later in when we get to their second picks in this first round. But for now, those are your key notes, I guess, about this 2021 NFL Draft, this first round. We're gonna be t- again, we're going to be talking about all 32 teams, their... I guess you can call it mini season recaps, I suppose. Who I personally think their biggest needs are. And if I have a specific player in mind who that's going to be the pick for the these particular teams, then I will address it. If not, then I will talk about their top biggest need and along with their other team needs that they need to fill in this NFL draft. So stick around. And if I talk about your team, then be excited or you can roast me too. 
<laughs> so let's begin round one, shall we? And picking at number one is none other than AEW's own Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yes, All Elite Wrestling's Jacksonville Jaguars. And how fitting that AEW has a record of the worst record in 2020 at 1 in 15. They pretty much won their first game against the Indianapolis Colts. They almost blew it away, too. They almost blew it away, but they held on. And I guess you can say it was a fitting, like, way. They went on to lose all the remaining games. It was an obvious tank for Trevor Lawrence because... They went through a cycle of quarterbacks of Gardner Minshew, Mike Lennon, and I don't know. There was a third quarterback, but I don't know who the name was, but I guess I don't care at this point because it was an obvious tank job for one Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. After the season, they fired head coach Doug Marone. Yes, that same Doug Marone that took Blake Bortles to the AFC Championship against Tom Brady and the Patriots in Foxborough, and they were literally just minutes away from going to Super Bowl 52 against either Case Keenum or freaking Nick Foles. Wouldn't you have believed that? Blake Bowles and the Jaguars going up against either one of those teams in the freaking Super Bowl in 2018. Wouldn't you have believed that? So, Doug Moan gets fired, and... Urban Meyer, a veteran college head coach, he is hired as the new head coach for the Jaguars, but also is hired a familiar name that 49ers fans should know, general manager Trent Baalke. Yeah, the Jaguars, for some reason, hired Trent Baalke. That's kind of weird. That is very kind of weird. So hopefully they'll have some fun with that. So again, the pick is obvious. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. They need that supposed game-changing quarterback. If you want to know what how I feel about Trevor Lawrence from my quote-unquote scouting video, my quote-unquote scouting audio cast, video cast, what have you, of the Very Cold Lasagna podcast, go check that out. But in hindsight, I think Trevor Lawrence is ready for the NFL. I just hope that he adjusts uh, adjusts at the pro level and they, the Jaguars support him whether it's through the draft or like leftovers in undrafted free agency but we'll see some other team needs that the Jaguars need are at receiver offensive line corner and on on the defensive line because they are a rebuilding team if they ever want to get back somehow to to the title game if they can then they're gonna have to build around their supposed new franchise quarterback in trevor lawrence and that starts at the nfl draft on thursday so then we get to pick number two the new york jets and this oh my god the new york jets honestly they're 2020 it could have been so much worse. But then it actually was worse because they had a golden opportunity 
to become not just the first winless team and honestly the final winless team in the 16 game era since ever the the first winless team since the 2017 Cleveland Browns and the last winless team in the 16 game era before you know the NFL changed it to a 17 game season but they ruined it all they ruined it their chances at drafting Trevor Lawrence and being number one overall because dumb dick Adam Gase decided to you know what I want to win some games I want to try to save my job even though it's pretty much gone at this point he decided to beat the Rams and the Browns in consecutive weeks at season's end and in hindsight while it temporarily it gave a temporary morale boost it did nothing in the end other than cost you draft position so Adam Gase still gets fired on the bright side and in comes former 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala as a new head coach but even then, you still have questions about how Robert Sala is going to do. You still have questions about what the Jets are going to do at pick number two. Because they they now traded away Sam Darnold, their 2018 first round pick. I think he, they picked them three overall. They traded him away to the Carolina Panthers. So, what are they going to do at, whether at, at quarterback or whatever? But for me, I think it, the pick is simple. They're going with the quarterback. And it's going to be a quarterback that, just like the media is going to predict, and just like other YouTubers are going to pick, I'm going to pick it too. And from what I've seen with the scouting I, I did weeks ago, I think he could be one of the best in, in, in the long-term future. And that's Zach Wilson. The only concern I have with Wilson is the quality of competition, but he has a lot of traits that are needed in the modern-day NFL where the offense is getting even quicker, and you need that that dual-threat dual mobility. So, But, I again, I am also concerned about the lack of competition he faced as well as the Jets potentially fucking this up by not properly supporting Wilson with the right amount of weapons not just at the receiver end but alongside the offensive line hence why Sam Darnold was never given a proper chance in New York so, so speaking of like support around Zach Wilson which is the pick I'm going with with the Jets unless for some reason they decide to go with someone else some other team needs are running back they need a running back because their running back room is pretty whack. Their receiver, because Jamison Crowder isn't going to be the only one that's going to be getting it done. They need another uh, number two receiver out there. And they could add some linebacker depth to their defense. So, one and two. It's pretty much a given at this point. Again, unless the Jets somehow fuck things up. <laughs> The draft truly begins at pick number three. It begins with none other than my very own San Francisco 49ers. And 
you know, it's it's kind of interesting where things stand now. It it was kind of iffy. It was kind of eh before the end of March because originally the Miami Dolphins were slated to pick at three, and the 49ers were slated to pick at twelve. And honestly, nobody would have thought the Miami Dolphins were gonna trade down from three to twelve. They were they were thinking of getting some kind of player to support Tua, or maybe get a quarterback to replace him. But in comes the 49ers. It became clear that by trading up from twelve to three. They want a quarterback to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. And their 2020 season was such a big indicator of that. They went 6-10. and 10, But the reason why they went 6-10 and 10 was because they were the latest victim of the Super Bowl curse. And, my God, they were one of the worst victims of it. Not because of the record, but because of what happened on the field. They were hit with the injury bug and hit hard. You got season-ending injuries to Nick Boza and Solomon Thomas, and then you also got multiple multi-game injuries to George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and I think I don't know if Brandon Ayu was also out for a couple of games, but your supposed franchise quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo was also out for most of the season yet again with the high ankle sprain. That is. A another bad look on a quarterback that's supposed to be your game changer. The, the I'm gonna say this once. I'm gonna say this again. The, the best ability is your availability, and this this trade up is a clear indication that Jimmy Garoppolo ain't it. He's not the long term answer at quarterback, and this is coming off literally just one season after the 49ers went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's kind of, it kind of, I don't know if you call it sad at this point, but it's just, it's just how it is. If if you're not, if you're not there, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get, see ya. You're going to throw it out the door and forget the 22 and eight record with Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't forget how he, how well he does with the team. If you're not there, your team's going to suck. You're, you're costing your team by not being there. With their injury. Yes, injuries happen in life. But if you're not there, if you can't stay healthy, you're going to be a detriment to your team. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing. And it's kind of hard to predict what the 49ers are going to do. Like, And this is coming from a guy that really wants like the best quarterback possible. It's really hard to predict what kind of quarterback they're going for. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch do want a quarterback. But the question is, which one are they looking for? Which one are they looking for at pick three? You already know Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone. They most likely know that Zach Wilson is going to be gone unless the Jets somehow pick Justin Fields or Trey Lance. But let's say that Zach Wilson is gone. I don't know. They, They need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. It could be Justin Fields. It could be Trey Lance. Hell. It could be the the quarterback that Kyle Shanahan always works with. It could be Mac Jones. It could be that 
Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, pure pocket passer-ish quarterback. We can, if they pick Mac Jones, they can literally go through this cycle over and over and over again, and they literally wasted like multiple first-round picks on a guy that was just like Jimmy Garoppolo, only younger. But if they pick a quarterback that's that's a dual threat, in and out of the pocket, can make plays off the script, be it a Justin Fields or Trey Lance, they can get back into playoff contention. They can compete long term. It could, given they added, they add several more pieces to beat up their their team, then they could be a true contender back back into back into I guess prime contention. I don't know what to call it, but they need to get their quarterback pick correct here because if they don't, they're wasting their time. They're wasting their time with trading away their picks and trading away um, their chance to compete at another Super Bowl. And it could eventually cost Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch their jobs if they don't make this pick correct. So besides from quarterback, because honestly, it can go either way. They need to address cornerback because Richard Sherman's not there anymore. They need another top corner, a safety. They need, a, they need an O-line, to they need, especially on the right side, even though Mike McGlinchey is already there. They, they can use some linebacker depth behind Fred Warner, and they should, they should get another receiver. They should really get another receiver behind Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. They should try to find... That pure, I don't know if you, I would say top receiver, but try to find that quality receiver that you can pair with those two guys. I know Jalen Hurd is there still, but he's haven't had a fully healthy season quite yet. But those are some things that the 49ers need to do if they want to get back into contention and, you know, not, not have a freaking... Super Bowl curse for like the last five years for the for the next five years because for the last five years it's been like bad injury luck near consecutively. Do we really want to go through that again? I'm just saying. So that's the 49ers. It's a pretty much what whoever they pick will kind of be like a domino effect of for all these teams because next up is the Atlanta Falcons. In my opinion, they could be in the market for a quarterback because Matt Ryan is not getting any older, uh, younger, (laughs) older, younger. What's the difference? Matt Ryan is not getting any younger because even though Matt Ryan in the offense were, were all right in 2020, there was a reason why they went four and 12 in, in that pandemic induced season. And that was their defense. Their defense was so bad. It was so bad. They gave up. How many leads did they give up at that point? All I remember was they gave up to the lead to the Cowboys. They gave up to the lead to the to the Bears. They gave up the lead to the Bucks. They gave up so many damn leads. They gave up so many damn big plays that... I don't know. They're just glorified choke choke artists at this point. Ever since Super Bowl Fifty One, 
they're just choke artists at this point. They they just can't seem to play defense, and they're they're continually wasting opportunities to give Matt Ryan a ring. So the Falcons fired longtime coach Dan Quinn. They didn't retain interim coach Raheem Morris, and in the offseason, they hired former Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith, who worked on improving Ryan Tannehill during Smith's time in Tennessee. Now, whoever they pick here, I'm assuming, in my opinion, it's going to be a quarterback. And whoever that quarterback is, again, that's dependent on who, which quarterback the 49ers pick. I, I hope that Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan will be getting them ready to go when that time comes. So, again, I don't have a specific quarterback that the Falcons will pick because, again, it all it's all dependent on who the 49ers are going to pick in number three when they pick quarterback first. It's, it's just dependent on them. But some other team needs that the Falcons need to address is that they need to get a receiver. They need to get another receiver behind Julio Jones because, like with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones is not getting any younger either. They also need to get some depth behind the offensive line. They lost Alex Mack in free agency, so they could get another center um, in the draft. They could also use some defensive help. I think that should be a top priority too. Get some corners, get some safeties, get some help on that defense because if you don't want to keep throwing away leads, giving up big plays, get some help on defense in this draft. Otherwise, you're wasting your time here. Then at pick five is the six Cincinnati Bengals. In 2020, Joe Burrow had his rookie year. He did fairly okay. He, he, he was fine, but he 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 could only do so much. He he only did did so much because that the the players around him, the support around him was bad. It was bad. AJ Green was the only good good player there and I don't know I don't remember Tyler Boyd is still there but I don't I don't think so but other than that the offensive line sucked and eventually Joe Burrow went down with the torn ACL in that game against the Washington football team but I will say this at least the Bengals got some kind of redeeming win against the Steelers on primetime television but even then the Bengals had a bad offensive line AJ Green was their only quality receiver. So they're heading to this 2021 draft. Need to address that, in my opinion. Because if Zach Taylor doesn't, and I don't know who their general manager is, but if Zach Taylor doesn't, and he heads into 2021, not beefing up all sides of the ball, he can find himself on the unemployment line. So he kind of has to decide what does he want to address first? Does he want to address the offensive line or does he want to address wide receiver now that AJ Green is gone in my opinion I think he has to address the line because you don't want to get Joe Burrow hurt again you don't want to waste his valuable years especially when it's going to be him getting hurt you want to prevent Joe Burrow from getting hurt again by protecting him with quality offensive linemen and Penny Swell is is a good one. He's from what I've seen in his highlights. He he can he can block well. 
especially with both on the run and the pass. He can he's a good blocker. Some other team needs that the Bengals need to address are receiver because again, like I mentioned before, AJ Green's gone. You gotta you gotta find that that other best receiver, whether you wanna trade up or find a gem in the second round. They could use a running back too. I know Joe Mixon is still there. I, I, is Joe Mixon still there? I don't remember. But either way, get some running back depth. Find some more offensive line help. Get some defensive line depth too because you can also use some some help to get some edge pressure on the defensive line. And, you know, get a linebacker too. It, it, you need to beef up. You need to rebuild your team all around especially if you want to try to at least give Joe Burrow a chance in, in the coming years. Then at six, we originally had the Philadelphia Eagles here, but the Philadelphia Eagles traded down. They swapped picks with the Miami Dolphins, who ended up having the 49ers pick at 12, but the Miami Dolphins traded up from 12 to six with the Philadelphia Eagles. So... This is the now first of two first round picks for the Dolphins. Again, they traded the, their third overall pick that they got from the Houston Texans a few years ago. And then they traded that pick to the 49ers. And now they swapped the 49ers original 12th pick with the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Miami Dolphins, their rebuild took a significant step forward under head coach Brian Flores. And they had an improved defense. And a rising offense. They really had a really good offense that was really on the cusp of a playoff berth by Week 17. But the problem was, as good as their team was getting and improving by each game, the problem was they kept switching quarterbacks. They kept switching between Tua Tugaviola, then a rookie, and the veteran quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that not only messed up the chemistry with the offense, but it it kind of messed up the development of Tua. You know, they started Ryan Fitzpatrick for half of the season, you know, for Tua to sit and learn. And I think he was also still dealing with that severe hip injury that he suffered in college, like literally a year, like that season before. And then during the bye week, he they announced the Dolphins announced that Tua was starting against the Rams of all teams. Here they literally threw him into the Wolves <laughs> against Aaron Donald in that like ferocious defense. No matter what the score ended up being, they they literally threw him against that ferocious defensive line. And then Brian Flores eventually ended up, you know playing hot potato between which quarterback he wanted to play with. And now that Ryan Fitzpatrick is not there anymore, he's in Washington, Tua Tagovailoa is now the sole quarterback. I mean, you have uh, Tyrod Taylor, but he's not going to do brand new much. Now you have Tua. You got to support him. You got to fully commit to him. And... The, the best way to fully commit to him is to get him some help in the passing game. You can also get him some help on the on the offensive line, but I feel like you're going to address that in the later rounds of the draft. 
but get first get him some help on in the passing game. You can get you should get him, in my opinion, the the best tight end in this draft, and that well the only best tight end in this draft, and that's Kyle Pitts. And I already talked about him. He's got good vertical reach. He can he got good route running. I mean he can't block until you can develop him to actually be a productive tight end. But still, Kyle Pitts has pretty much a lot of potential. Just needs some work when it comes to being an actual tight end. But when it comes to being a receiver, he gets he gets the job done. So with some other team needs with the the Miami Dolphins, they need an offensive line, a corner, safety, and again, another receiver. So then we get to the Detroit Lions. They're 2020 in a nutshell. Man, it kind of reminds me of the Falcons, to be honest with you. Their, their offense was all right. It was okay with Matt, Matthew Stafford, but the defense, it was dog doogie water. It was, it was very bad. They allowed way too many points. They allowed too many big plays. And... Also, often Matt, Matt Stafford had to play catch up with the other team. It was just so bad. The Lions ended up firing head coach Matt Patricia. Finally, that took you long enough. They fired him after I think it was before or after the Thanksgiving game against the Houston Texans. And in the offseason, they hired former Saints assistant coach Dan Campbell as their new head coach. And not the Lions were not done there. They made this big trade shortly before the Super Bowl, where they traded Matthew Stafford to the LA Rams for Jared Goff and future first round picks. So really the LA Rams just threw away a lot of first round picks as well as Jared Goff. But we're here to talk about the Detroit Lions because them doing that trade is further indicating that a rebuild is coming in the Motor City. That being said, now that they have Jared Goff, but also Kenny Galladay is in New York, I feel like you need to address your receiver core, which pretty much you don't have in Detroit. But the most important thing when with your first pick for Detroit is you got to find a way to support Jared Goff in the passing game, and you have to get the best receiver. And the best receiver on paper right now is Jamar Chase. So might as well have Detroit use their seventh pick and get, go grab the best receiver because receiver is, my opinion, their priority need. They need to get a receiver to at least have Jared Goff throw to, get some help. They already have a running game um, going for them. I mean, whether good, how good or bad it is. But still, get Jared Goff help in in the path in the air passing game some other team needs that the Lions need are an offensive line because the offensive line was not good but it wasn't terrible either for the Lions they could also use some defensive help because by god that defense was just bad they can use some help in the secondary with some corners some linebackers and if I guess if we want into in the later rounds if Jared Goff doesn't end up working out for you you can you know find a quarterback you can i guess you can future proof now with a quarterback 
Who knows? Maybe the Lions will may or may not do that. But we'll see. So the Lions have some decisions to make. But in my opinion, receiver is the way to go for them. So then we get to the Carolina Panthers. They also went 5-11. But they are a 5-11 team that actually that actually had some flashes. Some that had some flashes of they could they could win in the near future. Especially on defense. But the problem is Teddy Bridgewater was kind of inconsistent for for a lot of their games. Sometimes he would actually win the games for Panthers and sometimes would cost the games for Panthers. During the offseason, the Panthers seemed to take a run for Houston Texas quarterback Deshaun Watson, but the sexual assault allegations were pretty much intensifying with the moment that they started. So, the Panthers backed off pretty much like every team has, and they since traded for Jets quarterback Sam Darnold to compete with Teddy Bridgewater. So, essentially, they could have gone for a quarterback here in the event that they that they couldn't get Deshaun Watson, but since now they have Sam Darnold and they're pretty much sticking with Teddy Bridgewater for another year, I feel like now that Curtis Samuel is gone too, they need to address their receiver um, problem here too. They need to go get the one of these top receivers in this draft. And from Alabama, it's Devontae Smith. I talked about Devontae Smith here. He's got he's got long arms, kind of undersized, but he he can outsmart you. He can out he can outsmart the opposition with good route running. And if if he can put on some some gains, then he could be a uh, a great uh, good threat in the NFL. Some other team needs for the Panthers are linebacker because you got to find some kind of replacement for Luke Keekley since he retired. Defensive line because they they didn't get any pressure on the quarterback in 2020. Again, you can use another receiver to possibly line up if they go after Devontae Smith. I, I initially had a quarterback, but they already have Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, so no need for one. Next up at number nine is Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. They also went five and eleven. From a lot of teams in this draft, literally have identical records. To be honest with you, this, this literally the bottom first half. Literally have these same identical records at this point. So the Denver Broncos. All I can say about the Broncos is that they just had a lot of bad injury luck. They literally did. They, they didn't have much and going for them. Because Von Miller went down before the season started, and then Drew Locke, their second-year quarterback, was also getting hit with injuries, and that pretty much affected him. And the offensive line was also getting hit with injuries, and that resulted in constant shifts with the line, with players going in and out. And again, with the injury to Von Miller and that defense taking a hit, and they couldn't get any production with pressuring quarterbacks. So speaking about Drew Locke, again, he's going into year three with questions not just about availability, but playability. How is he going to perform in year three with 
possibly everyone being back fully healthy and can he stay healthy can he produce when with every everyone around him that's gonna be the real question now i'm not sure who they should go for here but my opinion i'm just thinking they should go for an offensive lineman because they they didn't really have a particularly good offensive line in part due to the injuries but also they could use some depth behind drew um drew lock like protecting the quarterback even when drew lock wasn't there the, the offensive line sucked too so some other team needs for the Denver Broncos, they could use a linebacker. They could use a receiver behind Cortland Sutton. They could use a corner and just add some more pieces to the offensive line. You got to you gotta take all, all the inconsistent ones and put some quality ones in there. You can find, you can, hopefully they can find some gems in this draft in, for the offensive line. Now at number 10, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Guess what? They also went five and eleven. <laughs> but at least with them, they were they were competing. They were competing in a division with crappy teams. So they actually had a chance to win their division. Yes, at five and eleven, they were in prime position to win a very very weak one, probably the worst. One of the worst like division races I've ever seen in a long time. Like literally by week seventeen, every team was was playing poorly in that NFC East. But I, I digress. The Cowboys were in prime position to win a very weak NFC East, but they had a very bad secondary. Dak Prescott was 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 nowhere to be seen because of a very gruesome leg injury in week five and that eventually dashed their hopes of eventually winning the NFC East. But even then with Andy Dalton and that bad secondary, you weren't gonna have that same game again that Washington did against the Tampa Bay Bucks in that Wildcard game. Because that defense was just so bad. They gave up too many big plays they forced the offense to play comeback most of the time. Just look at the look at the game that Dak Prescott had to pull out of his hat against the Atlanta Falcons in week two because of the terrible ass defense. Don't kid yourselves. So if the Dallas Cowboys want to at least compete in twenty twenty one, they have to improve that defense. The offensive line, it's fine as it is. They already have a competent amount of receivers and well you got Ezekiel Elliott they have to improve the defense they have to improve that defense whether it's in the secondary or the defensive line what have you but you start with the first defensive pick in this draft and that's with Patrick Sertain the second I already talked about him and he's one of the top corners in this draft for a variety of reasons, but go check out my scouting episode and you'll find out why. Some other team needs that they need to address are they need to get another corner because the ones you have suck and they didn't do jack shit in this season for the Cowboys. And they could use another safety. And pretty much the, the Cowboys should be focusing on this draft for defense. 
or offense. I guess it's just for like, I don't know, like what would you be doing for offense? Like it's just for safety proofing, for for depth. But you should be investing in this draft for defense and defensive stuff only. Now at number eleven is the New York Giants. They went six and ten, and they were in the very thick of the NFC East race with Washington. They were actually very close to winning the division in week 17. But they could have won it had they taken care of their own business. So pretty much the first half of their season with new head coach Joe Judge. You know, it wasn't one to write home about because, you know, typical Daniel Jones was being typical Daniel Jones. Throwing turnovers as usual and not giving a fuck about giving away the football. But in the second half of the season, the defense actually started to come together in the second half. Daniel Jones actually played decently for a couple of games, but then went back to being the old, the old Daniel Jones went after he came back from a, a leg injury. So they, they go into Week 17. They hold on to beat the Cowboys. And, well, they... They see Sunday Night Football and they see Philly tanking, intentionally losing to Washington, and they're not in the playoffs. When in in hindsight, the Giants should have won more games. They they should have won more games if they want to win the NFC East or in 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 sense win a beatdown against the eventual Super Bowl champs. In the offseason, anyway, the Giants added receiver from the Detroit Lions, Kenny Galladay in free agency to to try to help out Daniel Jones. But you're going to have to do more than that. You're going to have to do more than to just add another receiver because I don't think adding Daniel Jones, uh, not just Daniel Jones, but adding a receiver for Daniel Jones is going to be enough. You got you already got a good defense. You re-signed uh, Darius Leonard or what? what's his name? But you got to do more than that. You gotta, you gotta help Daniel Jones overcome his tone over problem. But in the case of trying to add more weapons, you can go with Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddle. He he was he was very productive. He he was he was very good. I'll give him that. Overall, he, he's someone that can probably help Daniel Jones. But some other team needs that the Giants need are offensive line because offensive line was not the offensive line for the Giants was not good. The, they can also use another another corner and maybe some defensive tackles because the pre, the 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 interior pressure for the Giants it was there at times, but they could use some depth behind it. Then we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, we're going to talk about what, what happened, why why they're there. So I'm not going to backtrack on why why we're there and why they're there in the first place. So the Philadelphia Eagles, like with the 49ers, like with the Denver Broncos, the Eagles were pretty much hit with injuries yet again on all sides of the ball. And even still, though, even still, the defense gave up a lot of big plays and a lot of points this in this past season saw a lot of regression, like big time regression from Carson Wentz to the point where the the Eagles benched his ass. They benched a quarterback. They literally extended 
last year in the offseason, or was it two years ago? But still, this is a quarterback that they gave a big fat contract extension to for a second round rookie quarterback from Alabama in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, while he did have still have a terrible offensive line and a not so good set of receivers, he at least rejuvenated and you know actually made the happens the happens hoffy <laughs> can't speak he he made the offense happy so i guess that sent a message that the eagles are moving on with jalen hurts and that proved to be the case when they traded carson wentz to the annapolis colts for pretty much a bag of potato chips and a lot of players left in free agency due to the Eagles' limited cap space. There's a lot of things that the Eagles need to address in this free agency because it's clear that in they're going to be in full rebuild mode. And this is coming from an Eagles team that was literally just three years removed from winning a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Yes, Nick Foles was the, was the quarterback leading the, the Philadelphia Eagles to a Super Bowl win against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And they're three, they're three years after they're rebuilding. That's yikes. So there's a lot of things that they have to address in this draft because they got to rebuild and rebuild hard. I'm personally, my biggest need for the Philadelphia Eagles is that they got to get a corner. They really have to get a corner. Uh, a corner. I don't know if Ronald Darby is still there at, at, at corner, but... If he's not, whether he's there or not, actually, they have to get a corner because that defense was just terrible last year. They were getting up way too many big plays. They're, even then, their corners were that were there were getting burned frequently by the op- the opposition, and they just need a lot of help at that at that spot. Some other team needs for the Eagles. They need a receiver. They could use a running back. They can use all, everything, honestly. Offensive line, safety, linebacker, defensive line. I mean, Fletcher Cox is getting older, man. You can't, you can't do it all for you forever. So you got to get some help for him. Next up at 13, we have the LA Chargers at 7-9. The Chargers, they had a losing season yet again, but I, I personally believe the future is bright with the LA Clippers. Oh, sorry, sorry. The LA Chargers. Sorry. They they finally I do believe that they could have a future in LA because of the quarterback they managed to steal in the first round in 2020 in Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert honestly was a bright shining light. The he won offensive rookie of the year. He performed very well in the field. He he has a good deep ball. He Throws very well in tight windows. Yes, he he still made a lot of questionable throws and interceptions, but you know it was typical rookie mistakes that that he made. But still, he's a quarterback of the future that is going to be an exciting one to look out for. And a lot of these Chargers losses came off of two things: questionable play calling from now former head coach Anthony Lynn, and typical just bad luck bad chargers luck like you get a field goal that goes straight through the tight game but then the defense underperforms and then 
The Chiefs, this was week two, by the way. Harrison Butker, literally, just, just, just casually just makes it to win the game. Like, no, no questions asked. It's just, it's just bad luck, man. It's just really bad luck for the Chargers. So in the offseason, the Chargers hired former LA Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. So he really much just like, hey, I'm switching offices. <laughs> and they signed some key players to support Justin Herbert. But they're going to have to do more than that. I think in this draft, their biggest need to address is a guard to support Herbert. I don't know like which side they need to address, but they need a guard either way. Because the offensive line was decent, but they could be better. Some other team needs that the Chargers should address is their defense at corner and defensive end specifically. And continue to add some depth to the offensive line. Because if you do that, the Chargers could be a contender. Not a Super Bowl contender, but a playoff contender. If they add the right pieces to for Justin Herbert in 2021 and as long as Brandon Staley could be the right coach for him but that remains to be seen then we have the Minnesota Vikings picking at number 14 man we still have a lot ways to go here they also went 79 and they didn't have a particularly good season but it wasn't a terrible one either Dalvin Cook did a lot on offense actually he did almost everything because well Kirk Cousins is just honestly, Kirk Cousins, check down Charlie. I will say though, Justin Jefferson is very good. He that was a steal for the Minnesota Vikings. But just like with the Atlanta Falcons, just like with the Detroit Lions, just like with the Dallas Cowboys, the defense for the Minnesota Vikings sucked ass. It literally was bad. Gave up too many big plays, gave up too many points, and it literally forced Kirk Cousins to throw the damn ball so much and you don't know <laughs> how that went for Vikings fans so in the offseason they went to address this issue by signing Xavier Woods from the Cowboys Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals to hopefully strengthen this secondary but again they're gonna have to do more than that if they want to improve pretty much one of the worst defenses last season and their top need is going to be at either safety or corner because I don't think signing these two guys is going to be enough to to mold this this very bad defense together. But that remains to be seen. But all I know is that corner or safety is the way to go for the Minnesota Vikings. They got to address the defense. That's their top need That in the first round. Some other team needs is that they can use some depth behind the defensive line. They can go for wide receiver, get some help behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Maybe get another linebacker. And I don't know if they want to do this, but maybe it, I think it could be time to invest in a a pet project quarterback behind Kirk Cousins. Because if Kirk Cousins continues to underperform, maybe it could be time to get his replacement. Maybe in the later rounds, but probably not in the first round. But maybe it could be time. Those are some needs that the Vikings should address. Now, at we're almost at the midway point. The New England Patriots at number 15. This was their first season without Tom Brady in like 20 years. 
in Bill Belichick's first season without Tom Brady. They went 7-9. and nine, And the Patriots stumbled their way to their first of many firsts season since 2000. In other words, they had their first losing record since 2000. They had their first season without a playoff berth since 2008. Their first season without an AFC title since 2008. And... They had their first season having more rushing touchdowns than passing, thanks in part to Cam Newton. Because Cam Newton struggled for much of the season. But it's not just because of Cam Newton, because Cam Newton proved to be a wash. He wasn't the same Cam Newton that he was when he was MVP. But it also didn't help that having the most opt-out, COVID opt-outs in a very weak receiving core and a washed Julian Edelman in a second in a very weak secondary it didn't help matters for the Patriots either and Cam Newton during the offseason there were rumblings that the Patriots are, would go after Jimmy Garoppolo but that didn't ha- that's currently not in the works obviously so Bill Belichick re-signed Cam Newton to a one-year deal and he also went on a spending spree he literally he literally took that free agency stimulus money and took it to the bank he took it and spent it on pretty much almost a lot of receivers a lot of defensive players what have you go check out my free agency episode to catch up on what bill belichick spent in free agency so he went on a spending spree in hopes to compete with the bills and the dolphins in the afc east but I do think they need a quarterback. I do think they could use a quarterback for Bill Belichick to mold into a a franchise quarterback. And I think it's gonna it could be Mac Jones. Whether he's available. That's the question. I think Mac Jones would be a a good fit for for Josh McDaniels and and Bill Belichick. He's He's kind of like, I don't know, I wouldn't say Brady-ish, but he fits their mold of what they want in a quarterback. Pocket passer, can read the field well, sees the receiver, and doesn't really move like like all all that often. That's what they want. That's a, I guess that's what they want in a quarterback. So I guess Mac Jones is the way to go. Some other team needs for the New England Patriots is that they could use some depth behind the defensive line at tackle and an edge rusher. They could also use a corner because their secondary was particularly weak last season, even with the people coming back. And now that Julian Edelman has retired and their current receiver chart is very weak, they can use some help at receiver. And they better hope to find some gems in the later rounds because right now, as it stands, um, the receiver core is is not the greatest, but it's also not the best either. And then we have the Arizona Cardinals. We're finally at the midway point at pick number sixteen. They went eight and eight. When we look at the Arizona Cardinals in in twenty sixteen, uh, not twenty sixteen, twenty twenty, Kyle Murray did pretty good in his second season under head coach Cliff Kingsbury. They looked primed to take that next step with improved play with Murray's improved play the offseason trade of DeAndre Hopkins that's surging defense 
I guess that was a further indication of all that what I just said when Kyle Murray had that big Hail Mary or the Hail Murray play against the Buffalo Bills in week 10 but ever since then Cardinals just fell off a cliff they lost four of their last six games including a very bad loss to the undermanned and injury riddled 49ers in week 16 and the Jared Goffless Rams in week 17 that unfortunately gave the Bears the final playoff spot for and cost the, the Cardinals a chance to beat in the playoffs so for the Cardinals they have to figure out what they want to do in in this draft they address pretty much address all the offensive needs they can in in free agency they signed AJ Green they also I they also signed another receiver but I don't I don't remember what who it was they also signed JJ Watt in free agency to a two-year deal but they gotta address more than that Patrick Peterson is gone so I feel like their biggest need is a corner because that was pretty much your top corner right there in Peterson and well he's not there anymore he's in Minnesota so you gotta address corner but some other things that you need do need to address is defensive tackle because um, defensive pressure was kind of lacking in in 2020 you could also use a running back because your running your running game was not that great it wasn't that great in 20 2020 so then we have the Las Vegas Raiders the Las Vegas Raiders man it's kind of, it's kind of like a rerun. It's kind of, they 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 kind of were in a rerun from 2019 and 2020. The only difference is they went eight and eight when compared to seven and nine, and they went underwent a name change and they got a fancy new stadium in Vegas, baby. <laughs> but pretty much the story of the the I guess the not so Oakland Las Vegas Raiders now Las Vegas Raiders is that. The Raiders actually had a chance to be in the AFC wildcard. They actually got some big wins against the New Orleans Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs. But the problem was they were pretty inconsistent following those big wins. They lost big to the New England Patriots after they beat the New Orleans Saints. They also lost big to the Buffalo Bills after that. After they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, they they lost big to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Is it's kind of the point is, is this Raiders team really like a legit playoff contender? Like, what is John Gruden doing? And just like when they had like this good showing against the Chiefs in Sunday Night Football, even though they lost, they went on to lose four of its last six games. And in part, mostly due to its defense. It all started with that Week 12 game against the Atlanta Falcons where they got completely crushed by them. And then they almost blew the game against the Jets. And they completely got clapped by the, the Colts and, you know, the, the rest of the story. So they went 8-8. Eight eight. I guess it's, you could call it one game improvement from 7-9. and nine, But still, you missed the playoffs. And you can thank your defense for that. In the offseason, they made a lot of questionable decisions. 
they got rid of their top two tackles for some reason. And now you get into this draft looking for a tackle. And because that's what I believe that's their biggest need an offensive tackle. Because, well, you literally just got rid of two of your biggest tackles. Like, I don't know what Mike Mayock and John Gruden are doing in there. But nonetheless, you, you need to address your offensive line because right now it is very, very weak. Some other team needs that they have to address are receiver and on defense. They need a corner, a safety, and linebacker because, well, that if you want your defense to not get gassed in 2021, you better, better be in the market for a corner, a safety, and a linebacker especially in the later rounds of the draft. I mean, you might not find some good ones, but at least get some help in in the draft for that. Then we have the second pick for the Miami Dolphins in round one. This was originally supposed to be... I think this is supposed to... This is actually Miami's actual pick for the 2021 NFL draft. So this is their their true first pick of the draft. But in essence, it's their second pick anyway. I already talked about the Miami Dolphins, what what their season is. At this point, where where they're picking, like whether they had a first round pick, they do need a a tackle. They could use a guard. They could use some depth behind the offensive line to protect Tua from you know getting hit. Just add some protection for Tua. Some other team needs. Um, you can, at this point, for the Dolphins, just give them some help with on the defensive side of things with some corners and safeties. Other than that, not really sure what else you can do with the Dolphins. Now we get into the playoff teams. Now we get into the playoff uh, teams drafting in this bottom half of the, the draft. And that starts with the Washington football team. And they became the first team since the Seattle Seahawks in 2010 to win the division with a losing record. Yes, they won a very crappy NFC East. And what was their prize? Going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, before we get into that point, this nameless team, formerly known as the R, I can't say the word because I will probably get canceled for it. The nameless team in Washington, D.C. underwent a lot of drama this past season including said name change culture changes under head coach Ron Rivera and a lot of controversy regarding the second year quarterback Dwayne Haskins you saw there were a lot of like video videos of him being maskless at a strip club then there's just a lot of general immaturity around him you know celebrating like oh i i scored x amount of yards and such even though i lost to the baltimore ravens eventually dwayne haskins got released like literally the week before the washington football team went into philadelphia for an important sunday night game even then it's just an indication that dwayne haskins is a distraction but anyway uh, and during this um, season for Washington, corner comeback player of the year Alex Smith on offense and defensive rookie of the year Chase Young led the charge, and in essence, 
the team won the NFC East somehow, some way. <laughs> Can you believe that? But Smith would not play the wild card game because he had a hamstring injury. But this Washington football team would not give up without a fight because they didn't start. They didn't start Alex Smith. They didn't start Dwayne Haskins because he wasn't there anymore. He, they didn't start Kyle Allen, who also started a couple of games. They started a dude who had one start in six years, Taylor Heineke. And I, I, I'm still like, yes, this, this was four months ago. Taylor Heineke nearly got the <laughs> Washington football team past the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nearly upset Tom Brady. He, he literally made the Bucks sweat. I mean, almost. Almost. So, the Bucks would go on to win that game. But still, there's at least... I know it's one game, but I, I guess for Washington, there was some some kind of optimism for for quarterback. So, they re-signed Heineke to a two-year deal. But it still remains a question mark. They did add Ryan Fitzpatrick in free agency. They did add some help on offense for... Uh, uh, I, for, I forgot his name. Antonio Gibson? Or, or what's his name? I, I, I can't remember. But they did add wide receiver Kurt Samuel from the Carolina Panthers. I still believe that their biggest need is quarterback. Although, I do feel that the top five quarterbacks in this draft are going to be gone by this point. So, I don't know if it would be worth getting like a quarterback that's in the bottom, bottom top five, like in the top ten. Like in the bottom half of the top ten, I, I just don't know if it's worth the the gamble. Unless if they want to trade up, they're willing to trade up. But at this point, I don't know if it's worth the risk. But some other team needs that the football team needs to address is that defense because it didn't do particularly well. They need to get some corners, some safeties. They also need to address the offensive line because they didn't do a good job protecting Alex Smith and whoever was that quarterback. They could also use some help at tight end and, you know, get some help at receiver too. Next up, we have the Chicago Bears. They went 8-8. Eight eight. They were the seventh seed. Yes, they were the seventh seed because the Arizona Cardinals couldn't get their job done. And they had the wonderful, wonderful um, task of going up to New Orleans and embarrassing themselves on national TV on CBS and in even Nickelodeon. Yeah. Take that for what you'll, you will, Bears, Bears fans. So pretty much the Bears had many issues in 2020. Ranging from a QB carousel of Mitch Trubisky to Nick Foles and then back to Trubisky. And then you had a very strong defense for two years that regressed in 2020. And an offense that essentially didn't want to take risks. They were just pretty much check down Charlie's. Those, again, like I mentioned with national TV, those flaws on both sides of the ball were exasperated on national TV multiple times against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. Like, they didn't think to flex that game out. And then in the wildcard game against the New Orleans Saints in a clinical beatdown, even on Nickelodeon, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. The freaking freaking MVP. MVP. They awarded MVP to the losing team. Like, my God. 
So anyway, the McCaskey mediocrity continued in the offseason when the the Bears replaced their MVP, their Nickelodeon valuable player, Trubisky. They sent him to the Buffalo Bills, and they signed former Cowboys backup Andy Dalton. Yeah, that's that's so smart. That's that is so great. So I, I don't know. In a sense, they they need a wide receiver. I don't know what to tell you at this point because the Bears are a lost cause. They 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 got Allen Robinson to somehow sign his franchise tag, but at this point they need another receiver to help him out. What some other team needs is that they need a corner to help out Eddie Jackson. They need a safety to help out that terrible secondary. They need a quarterback. They really need a quarterback to invest in the future. If they're not going to get one here, they really should get one next year. I mean, it'd be best if they get one now, but goddamn, get it. Get it soon. Then we have the Indianapolis Colts picking at number 22. I th- no, 21. I, I, I don't know how to count here. Sorry. They went 11-5. and five. They were the 7th seed. Yeah, can you believe that? A uh, 7th seed... 11-5 team. They lo- they ended up losing to the Buffalo Bills in the wild card round. And for this is was a very good Colts team, especially on defense. They had recent signee, a uh, recent tradee, um, DeForest Buckner. He he led the team in sacks. He was actually a pretty productive player. That the 49ers never should have gave up, man. He they never should have gave him up, but they would have had to pay him big money for. But anyway. That big money turned out to be a big production uh, payout for the Indianapolis Colts because on defense, that defensive line was pretty damn good. It was so, so good for the Indianapolis Colts. On offense, it was all right. Philip uh, first and only year quarterback, Philip Rivers, and veteran quarterback Philip Rivers was there. Leading the charge with Marlon Mack and the John, and Jonathan Taylor, along with T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, they 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 were pretty okay. They were, they took care of their business on offense. While Philip Rivers had Philip Rivers things at times, but they did enough to beat a seventh seed in the playoffs. They could have won the AFC South, but the Tennessee Titans took care of their own business. In the wild card round, there were some questionable things that happened with the with the Colts, like. Questionable throws from Rivers, bad play calling for Break Reich, and a lot of that ended up costing the Colts in the first round. In the offseason, Rivers retired after 17 years in the league, and the Colts went on to eventually address the QB elephant in the room by trading for Reich's old QB in Philadelphia, Carson Wentz. Now, when you look at this Colts team, there aren't that many weak spots. There aren't honestly aren't. They're a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl. The thing was with the 2020 Colts, there's just a need at QB. They address they now adjust that top need of Carson Wentz. It all depends on if they can address that top need like fully by having Carson Wentz improve. Not just like significantly, but at least like decently in 2020 after that very bad season in Philadelphia in 2020. So they need to at least see some progression with Wentz. But their biggest need here in the draft is 
getting another tackle, defensive tackle, on the opposite side of DeForest Buckner because honestly, he was the only thing happening with with pressure in 2020. I mean, sure, there were other guys, but you would only see them occasionally. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it. But still, get some help for DeForest Buckner. Make the man happy. And that def- defensive line will be a godsend. It'll be a godsend. Some other team needs that they need to address are wide receiver. Because I think T.Y. Hilton's on a one-year deal. And he's not getting any younger. I, I don't think he's going to be there for much longer. So you have to you have to get another quality receiver for Carson Wentz. You, you Honestly, I don't know. You, you don't... When you look at this Colt again, when you look at this Colts team, you don't need much. You honestly don't need much. I guess you could use some depth at certain positions, but other than that, you don't need a lot. You really don't need a lot here. So they could be looking to trade down for other picks, but in all honesty, just they could be using this draft to like you know, get some get some get some depth behind their 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 need their needs. But other than that, hopefully the Colts get it right. Next up at 22, what number are we on? 22 is the Tennessee Titans. They are the AFC South champions. Same record as the Colts, but again, they're the AFC South champions. But they didn't make it past the wild card round. And we'll explain why. In our nutshell season with the Titans, they actually made a great improvement from their Cinderella uh, run the previous season where they nearly made it to the Super Bowl. We almost had a 49ers Titans Super Bowl, but we already saw what happened there. But this this past season, this 2020 season, Ryan Tannehill looked like a much better quarterback. He made uh, some mistakes, but other than that, he was a much improved quarterback. The, the offense, again, as always, was centered around Derrick Henry. He dominated the running game. He was the rushing leader in the in the league. But as the season wore on, the defense started to give up as many points as the offense would score. Sometimes even more. So the offense would practically be playing catch-up just because of this. And you would see a good sample of the Titans defense being very bad in games against the Green Bay Packers and in that wild card game where they would eventually lose to the Baltimore Ravens. So you that Titans defense was just not good at all. It was it ended up being not not very good. So the Titans addressed that issue in free agency by signing linebacker Bud Dupree from the Steelers and adding corner Janoris Jenkins to hopefully tighten up that defense. But they should continue to do that by finding another corner in this draft, finding another cornerback to put alongside on the opposite side on of Jenkins. I don't know if he plays on the right or the left, but whatever. Add another corner opposite on the opposite side of Janoris Jenkins. Some other team needs that this Titans team need is defensive line. Javion Clowney's gone, but even then, he didn't do much to help that defensive line. But they should add some help on that defensive line because they were not getting help. They now are not getting pressure. They are not getting help on that def- on that on that D line. At, continue to add depth behind the the defensive backs, whether that's corner, safety, linebackers. Do what you can to improve that s- 
sec that secondary, that defense, because you don't want that team to get gashed again in 2021. Picking at number 23 is the New York Jets. And this is the second pick for the Jets because they the Seattle Seahawks were originally slated to pick here, but back in July of last year, they they traded for the Jets' former corner, corner Jamal Adams, in exchange for the pick that is right here, number 23. For the Jets at this point, they could they could go multitude of ways. I think they should go defense here. But some other team needs they can address here is again running back, receiver, linebacker. I don't know. They could go multiple two ways here. Next up at 24 is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And honestly, man, how how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Remember the Steelers. They went eleven and zero in twenty twenty. Big big Ben Roethlisberger looked all right. He looked he looked improved than the games we saw him. The two games we saw him in 2019, Chase Crape, Chase Claypool broke out in in his rookie season, and they had a three-headed running back attack, as well as a healthier and improved defense. But they quickly fell off a cliff after going 11-0 because once they lost to Alex Smith and the Washington Football Team, they won just one game after that, and. During during that one in three or what is it one in four, uh no one in three losing streak uh, of sorts. That that defense imploded a lot. They started to regress. Big Ben quickly started to look washed. It it was starting to look like a bad situation in Pittsburgh. So that that self destruction started to come ahead in the wild card round. When the the Cleveland Browns completely just demolished them from the from the from the get go, Big Ben lost that opening snap, but it was practically the off, the center's fault for snapping it too high. But I digress. It just set the tone for a very bad performance for Big Ben in that game and a bad performance overall for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this this off season. Nothing a note happened with with them, but the only thing I did note is that Roethlisberger is returning next season, but they're going to have to find a successor for him sooner rather than later. And that's why I think their top need is a quarterback. They they did sign Dwayne Haskins um, during during the early stages of their off season, like <laughs> back in like when their uh, playoff run ended much earlier than they expected, but. When it comes to quarterback, I don't see them getting one in the first round, to be honest with you. So they could adjust some other of their some of their other team needs, like a defensive tackle or gain some help on the defensive end def, or they can go add some help at corner because their defense their secondary start to regress in, in the later stages of the regular season. So that's the Pittsburgh Steelers for you. Picking at number 26, yes, 26, am I correct? <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm losing track of all these numbers here. Picking next is the Jacksonville Jaguars at, I think it's 25, whatever. <laughs> this is their pick from the LA Rams because the LA Rams traded for former Jags cor- corner Jalen Ramsey back in 2019 for a in exchange for a 20, 20 first round pick, which it, 
2021 first round pick, which is this one. So, the Jaguars at this point, let's assume they, they got Trevor Lawrence. They now need to support him. And the next best way to support him is adding a wide receiver, in my opinion. And at this after this point, some other team needs they need to address is a corner, defensive end, and just adding some help along the offensive line. Now we have the Cleveland Browns. This Cleveland Browns team in 2020, they are a confusing team to figure out at first. This was a team that would get one big upset one week and then have a bad loss or an underwhelming, underwhelming win the next. But in that stretch run, in the very late stages of the season, despite losing to the Jets at one point, the Browns, they were led by an improved Baker Mayfield, who was greatly helped by Kevin Stefanski, the new head coach. And they had a running attack of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They were able to attain their first playoff berth since 2002. And... The Browns were able to ensure they were no longer the ass wipes of the NFL, at least for for now, with a primetime wildcard beatdown of their division rival Steelers, like I mentioned earlier, in the Sunday night nightcap of the wildcard weekend. But they shot themselves in the foot in the, the next round against the Chiefs because of play calling issues with Stefanski and Baker Mayfield being a little rash with the football. And you also have to think about the heroics from from Chase Daniel during that game too. So the Browns this Browns team that you got by season's end was much different than you the one you saw since the last playoff appearance in two thousand two. The defense was the main concern of address during this offseason. They addressed it by adding Troy Hill, a corner, an outside linebacker in Malcolm Smith, and former Titans defensive end Jadavion Clowney. Um, They still need help on the secondary, so that's why I think their biggest need is a corner, especially to help Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, and the newest signee, Troy Hill, because that secondary was getting gashed by by Kansas City and they could definitely use some help there some other team needs and this is probably like the only one that I personally think they need is like at least safety because again that secondary was getting gashed frequently during both the regular season and and that game against the Chiefs they already have so much on offense so I don't really think they need much there so for the Browns mainly go defense in this draft then we have the Baltimore Ravens. They went 11 and 5. They were the 5 seed in this draft in this uh playoff in the playoffs lately. They lost to the, the second round to the Bills. So a side note here, they recently they recently have received one more first round pick. So this is their this is their true first round pick here. And we'll get to their second first round pick much later. So, they're 2020 in a nutshell. Lamar Jackson, their quarterback, their MVP from last season. He actually had a good season, but not as good as last season, though. The problem with the Ravens, though, was that play calling was too centered around letting Jackson run the ball. And teams finally figured out, like, at least 
for for the time being how to contain him especially when it's crunch time when it was crunch time jackson was forced to throw but in certain games him and his receivers couldn't deliver and in the playoffs against the, especially against the bills that overemphasis of letting jackson run the football especially against very good defenses like the bills it reared its ugly head the bills continually saw the run from jackson coming and it eventually exposed the Ravens' top weaknesses. Like, for example, the bad offensive line. The lack of receiver help outside of Hollywood uh, Marquise Brown. They have to think of what to to go for in this draft. They just trade away one of their top offensive tackles. We'll get into that in a second. But they also need to get some help with, for Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown. So in my mind, they need to get another receiver in this draft. I don't know who's av- who would be available in the bottom half of this draft, but they, they do need a wide receiver at this point. Because if they don't get one, they're going to have a, a serious hard time throwing that football and, and scheme, crane schemes for Lamar Jackson to throw. And it's just going to lead to more teams exposing Jackson as a passer. So some other team needs is they could use another running back, rebuild that offensive line because you just lost your tackle, and they could use some defensive end and tackle depth. So let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. We're getting to the very nitty-gritty of this uh, NFL draft preview. They went 12-4. and They were the NFC South champions. But it was not a happy ending for... The New Orleans Saints. So despite Tom Drake, Tom Drady, Tom Drady, <laughs> despite Tom Brady joining the NFC South this past season with the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Saints still seem prime to win the NFC with an offense powered by Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and all-around player Taysom Hill. But Drew Brees suffered a chest injury against the 49ers in Week 10, and they had to start Taysom Hill for a couple of games. And once Drew Brees came back, he was not really the same player. He started showing signs of regression. Um, and it was just, not just after he came back, but throughout the season too. And it those those signs of regression and that chest injury made itself known in the playoffs against the Bucks in the divisional. And that ended the Saints' Super Bowl hopes against that same division rival where they beat uh, convincingly in the, in the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady. And two months later, Drew Brees retired. So Drew Brees announced his retirement two months later. Taysom Hill was extended. And James Winston resigned for a year. But still, this is a team that remains in salary cap hell. And they have a lot of questions and answers when it comes to entering the first year of the Drew Breesless era. And in my mind, they need a quarterback. I don't know if Taysom Hill, I, I don't think he is the answer, but I also don't know if James Winston will be the answer. We, we saw a good five-year sample with his own run with the Tampa Bay Bucks, but I don't know if he'll be, he can be the guy in New Orleans. 
But that remains to be seen. But in all honesty, they should go after a quarterback. Just like kind of like in that case of an emergency break glass situation. They need that kind of quarterback. Some other team needs that the Saints should address is that they need a wide receiver opposite Michael Thomas. They need that receiver to go along with him because receivers are double or the opposition is doubling Michael Thomas. And on the opposite side, there's you don't really have much of a receiver threat on that side. They could use some help on defense, like a cor- another corner opposite Marshawn Lattimore, and you can use some help at linebacker. So just get some help there all around. Then we have the Green Bay Packers. They they were the top seed in the the NFC, the NFC North champions at 13-3. Aaron Rodgers in 2020 had an MVP season. He led the league in ch- touchdowns and passing yards, and he had a very impressive performances all around as the Packers went on to claim the top seed in, in the NFC. And they seemed primed to claim not just the NFC, but the Super Bowl with a very prime Aaron Rodgers, a very MVP-esque Aaron Rodgers, but their top offensive tackle, David Bakhtiari, great went down with an injury, and he his injury greatly affected the offensive line, and it made Aaron Rodgers kind of like weary. It, it, it affected him when it came to decision-making, especially during that NFC title game where Shaquille Barrett was getting to him nearly every play so that lack not only was the lack of the offensive line um protection that not there but it was the lack of another producer behind Devonte adams and aaron jones that is ex- also exposed the bucks against quality defenses like the bucks so all those factors led to the bucks losing uh not the bucks but the packers losing that nfc championship game so they couldn't really do much in the offseason because they didn't have money. So in this draft, they shouldn't be drafting a quarterback like they did in 2020. They should be drafting a wide receiver to go alongside Devontae Adams on the opposite side because I don't think Marcus Valens-Scantling is like a a threat to to go against other opposing corners. I think they need a true deep threat to go up against Devontae Adams. Some other team needs that the Packers should go for is some help along the defense because, well, Kevin King got burned in that title game. They should go for corner and a linebacker. Maybe some help along the defensive end and tackle. And maybe get some safety help. You know, those small little changes could go a long way to making Aaron Rodgers happy. And... Hopefully, go, go at another run for for the playoffs and maybe the Super Bowl for one at least one more for Aaron Rodgers. So we have the final three teams. At pick number 30 is the Buffalo Bills. They're the AFC champions, the number two seed. But unfortunately, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title game. Their 2020 saw Josh Allen, their quarterback, take a significant step forward making smart decisions, taking care of the football, going high risk, throwing in tight windows when necessary, and smartly doing so, along with other improved progressions as a quarterback. And his improvement, along with the addition of Stephon Diggs, 
help the Bills become the first non-New England Patriot team since 2008 to win the AFC East. And it kind of gave them a glimpse of the future of maybe the Bills can be a potential long-term contender in the AFC. Now, although their defense, especially the secondary, was inconsistent all season, their defense came through when it mattered most, especially in that second-round game against the Ravens where they pressured Lamar Jackson, they, they contained them all game, and they even got a pick six out of him in, the, in that third quarter. But that inconsistency on defense eventually hurt that offense too in the AFC title game against the Chiefs, and they eventually went to get destroyed in that game. The Bills didn't really do much in the, in the offseason. They did manage to bolster their running game with Matt Breida. They, that was something I did mention that they have to address in the offseason in regards to their running game. So I guess on paper, the running game is a little bit better, but they still have to address their their secondary because they were getting gashed in, in a lot of their games, especially in that AFC title game against the Chiefs. So... Their biggest need going into this draft is either a safety or a corner because the people they had in that season, in that 2020 season, were were not good to get it done. Some other team needs the Bills need or uh, probably some offensive linemen because while they were at full strength, it it was it was kind of like I don't think I don't think they were getting it done. I guess top tier competition and they could use some help at linebacker just to add some depth behind the starters either way you know just do some in interior interior additions so you can continue to help Josh Allen go for much further into possibly becoming a, a future Super Bowl champion now we get into the part where things got a little more interesting. The Kansas City Chiefs traded out of the first round because the Baltimore Ravens get traded in back in to the first round with their second pick in in round 1 when they traded their offensive tackle Orlando Brown, the 58th pick in a 2020 sec, 2022 sixth round pick to the Kansas City Chiefs for the Chiefs 31st overall pick, the 94th pick the 136th pick in a 2022 fifth round pick this past Thursday, April, at the time of this recording, April 22nd from Adam Schefter. This is all reported from Adam Schefter. So essentially, Chiefs are out and are the Ravens at pick number 31. Essentially what the Chiefs, uh, not the Chiefs, but the Ravens, what they need to do, that they addressed receiver, in my opinion, at pick number <laughs> their first pick, and now that their one of their top tackles is gone, they need to replace them here with their biggest need. And some other teams that they need to address are the ones I mentioned earlier. So you can go rewind and see me talk about that. And then, last but not least, we have the Super Bowl champions. The reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions that thoroughly thrashed the Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The this was a wild card team, eleven and five. The NFC's five seed. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020, they were initially called an overhyped Super Bowl favorite. And honestly, I was one of them. I was honestly one of those teams that was just one of those guys that was like, this is a team that's probably going to falter when the time comes. They're not going to make it to to the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Bucks were the top of the, the top of the town, literally, when Tom Brady decided to leave New England after 20 years in said Patriots, te- Patriots team and take his talents to Tampa, to, to Florida. And along came Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, and others with him. Now, despite having a, a on-paper very powerful offense that already had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Cameron Bray, and you add all those players I just mentioned, the team clearly underwent a lot of, you know, adjustments. They underwent a lot of growing pains. You know, it's it's to be expected when you have a lot of, like, new new faces on this Tampa Bay team. This was a team that had Jameis Winston, a number one overall pick for five years. And now, all of a sudden, you're going from a number one overall pick that didn't really do much in five years to a six-time Super Bowl winning champion in Tom Brady. He's trying to get Tampa a, a second second ring. That's insane if you think about it. So they struggled with with consistency. They were pretty inconsistent for for much of the season. They they did well one game, did and they struggled the next. But that's that's that was to be expected when you have both a new a new quarterback along with a new head coach in Bruce Arians, trying to implement his system. But over the course of the season, um, the Bucks settled on offense, but they were still having trouble um, winning critical games, especially against top-tier competition, in, especially in the Saints, the Rams, and eventually their Super Bowl opponents, the Chiefs. But with the late-season bye and lesser competition the rest of the way, Tampa made that late push to finally get that chemistry together and lock in the first wild card spot so they can hopefully make that push for the for that one Super Bowl game at home. So they started their their playoff push at Washington and they almost lost it. They almost lost that game. Because they all, they didn't know what to expect. They they, they didn't know if they were gonna play Alex Smith. They didn't know they were gonna play Kyle Allen. They didn't know who they were going to play. And not only that, they're facing a very good player in Chase Young in that defensive line. But they managed to hold serve, and they went on to meet the Saints, and they got their revenge after getting swept in the regular season. They intercepted Drew Brees three times, and they scored touchdowns on all of them. And they sent Drew Brees into retirement. Then they go into Lambeau for the NFC Championship game against Aaron Rodgers. And they they went on to put on a very good performance all around, and while keeping it close too. And this is also despite Tom Brady throwing three interceptions in the second half, which also raised concerns about his performance. Uh, his performance not just that game, but whether it could happen again in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, and if it did, it could cost them against against Kansas City 
But nonetheless, when the time came for the Super Bowl, the Bucks delivered. They they completely unexpectedly dominated the the top offense in the league. They completely shut down Patrick Mahomes. Now, granted, he didn't have an offensive line to work with, but still, that that top that top defense destroyed Mahomes. They shut him down. Shaquille Barrett had another good game. Tom Brady. Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. He threw to Gronk. He threw to Antonio Brown. He connected to Mike Evans. Leonard Fournette had a pretty much his breakout game in that Super Bowl. They went on to dissect, destroy the, the Chiefs on their way to making history throughout throughout this playoff run, becoming the first Super Bowl team to host uh, not the first playoff team to host a Super Bowl, and the first Super Bowl team to win the Super Bowl on its home stadium. That's insane. It really is insane. And it's all because they got Tom Brady. They literally did what they needed to do. So in the offseason, they were able to retain a, a large chunk of their their players from that from this past season. But for a chance to repeat, I mean, what do they really need to do next? And honestly, I'm not sure what they need to do. I'm, I'm just looking at it. The roster. What do they need to do, honestly? with Just looking at it. To be honest with you, I'm not really sure. They have a pretty stacked roster. They have a stacked roster on offense. And they have a stacked roster on defense. But they could... I guess they could use some help at corner. They can add some help at corner behind Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting. I mean, if uh, I guess other than that, they could also trade down. They could trade out the first round for someone that wants to get back in there. But I guess some other team needs that the Bucks could use if they want to do it in the draft. They can go for safety, add some help at the offensive line. And I don't know if they can, if they want to now, if they want to do it at this point in the draft, they can start investing in the future at quarterback. And... Maybe groom him, groom Tom Brady's successor, because even though Tom Brady is doing fine at 44 years old, he's not gonna get any any younger. It's gonna come to that time where Tom Brady is going to have that you know that Peyton Manning esque like fade off, like fade away. It's gonna it's gonna happen at some point, but I think. At some point, whether it's in this draft or the next draft, the Bucks have to have to plan, have to get a quarterback for the future. Like they have to develop and groom him. I mean, just it, I'm just thinking realistically. But yeah, that is my final preview of the 2021 NFL draft, and th- this was pretty insane. This was honestly a lot of team. This is a lot of. Uh, things to cover but i'm still pretty stoked i am still pretty stoked for the nfl draft and i'm pretty excited for what's to come there's gonna probably be a a lot of unexpected twists and turns maybe some expected stuff to happen like the first two picks but the real draft begins at number three when my san francisco 49ers pick with the next best quarterback after trevor lawrence and zach wilson and hopefully they picked the right one and hopefully your team 
which whatever fan of whichever team in this draft you are your team picks the right player in this draft or maybe you're just excited for uh, a player that the team picks in general you're you're gonna be happy with the player they they pick but anyway thank you for joining me in this big big preview of the nfl draft thank you for letting me be your guy to guide you this average filthy casual nfl fan guide you through your last minute preview of the 2021 nfl draft and hopefully we we get a good show we get a good draft tomorrow we get some interesting stuff um in this coming week whether it's today tomorrow whenever you're watching this we get an interesting draft but anyway that's it for me from the very cold lasagna podcast i'm your host dylan lasagna make sure to subscribe to me on youtube turn on that notification bell so i'll be notified of each and every vodcast that goes up on the channel along with exclusive rants clips what have you and make sure to listen to me on apple Podcasts, spotify and anchor fm and follow me on social media on twitter and instagram at very cold lasagna and as always keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of wrestling and sports very cold and very casual and until next time peace out and let's hope that the nfl draft is gonna be good shit pal it's gonna be good shit but i will see you all after the draft next week with my recap and stuff until then peace out